Welcome to the Wayland Podcast. We got week five. Yeah, week five of the NALCS summer split just came down. TL versus C9 highlight. TSM versus CLG. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. Oh, but we going to talk about it. Uh, we got some uh, innovative team comps coming out this weekend. Uh, innovative is a very kind word. And some MVP talk. And then a preview of the TSM and C9 match, as we always do, as is tradition. Is my camera working? Yeah, your camera's on. What's up? Oh, it's not up for me. <laughs> All right, we'll let it ride. Now <laughs> you're gonna do something weird and not notice. <laughs> you want to try to turn no, it on got, off again? No, I've got your Twitch open and it's on there. It's just not on in Discord. Anymore. Okay. So we have a lot to talk about this week, Anthony. Eighty percent of this show is gonna be TSM versus CLG. I don't want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, you I'm know, like, there's what you want to talk about, and then there's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, we're gonna talk about TL versus C9 because oh baby, I'm fine with talk. I'm fine with that. I had a good week, dude. How uh, about you? So, do you know what's I had really a good weekend? You know My Monday was stuff. <laughs> you know what's really good at stopping high mobility comps? Oh wait, why don't you tell me? I'm tell Macy. What's really good what's at stopping so high mobility comps? Is a wall that makes everyone stop in their tracks. Are you are you for real? A little bit, because apparently that's crazy. Nisky played Vagar and went five oh six. I never would have, dude. I was so scared when I saw that Vagar pick. I was like, oh no, here it comes. Uh, and then you know what? It never came. It was actually just fine. Well, they don't have anything that can kill it. That's the that's the biggest problem. With the Vigar? Literally yeah, the any champion in the game. Wait, but not in not not on uh on TL. TL's got nothing to kill Vigar with. The the best thing they're gonna kill Vigar with is Lucian. And Lucian is squishy. And Vigar does a Lucian, lot of damage. Lucian in a Vigar alt? Oh boy, I've been there. Hundred to zero. Not fun, very tilting, makes me very sad. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so hey, dude, it's so TL is running Aatrox, uh, Sejuani, Corky, Lucian, and Braum, all champions who are basically meant to move around in a team fight. But mm-hmm. Vigar stops their whole thing, and on top of that, they got Trundle. it stops mid dash too, right? Yeah, it stops mid dash. You cannot, you like, you hit the wall and you stop. The only thing that yeah. I think stops it is unstoppable so like uh cyan ult or yeah, well, uh, i think shaco can q through it yeah you can flash through it but you can't dash through it so that means everyone has oh, to but flash. you can't ezreal e through it yes you can uh it's not can, a dash that's a blink it's a blink. yeah it's but so i'm far. bad <laughs> yeah but i'm bad and i don't do it right so i'm gonna pretend like so can't do it to feel better about myself. c9's comp is very strong in against TL. They got the Trundle for the Sejuani. They got J- Jace at the top lane who will fare very well against Aatrox. Doesn't have to handle him too much. Aatrox gets on top of him and just ease him away. Really simple. The Sivir Lux bottom lane into Lucian Braum. That's a lot of wave clear and I guess poke onto it Lucian really Braum. Is. And Lucian Braum are so kind of supposed to be a bully lane, but if you don't have any minions, you can't bully lane. So. They got to go a grand total of two and seven together. Yeah, that that, that didn't pan out. I I don't like no. Deal's comp. I don't think Deal's comp's a bad comp. I just think they got outpicked 
a lot in this team. I don't this... disagree with you. So everyone's been first picking Sejuani a lot. Because she's insane. Yeah, she's really good. But they're also <laughs> leaving up uh, Trundle. And then they're trying to counter-adapt by going Hail of Blades on Sejuani, Sejuani instead of, of Aftershock, so you don't get put into negative resistances by Trundle Ultimate. And Trundle's a little bit worse for his ult, too. Yes. This did not happen this game. Xfithi still went Aftershock, no. and it definitely hurt. Well, actually, that was something I was about to bring up, was I was looking to see if he went Hail of Blades, because honestly, I don't think Hail of Blades is that good. <laughs> It's not I think that it's, bad either. It's, it's, it's not that bad, but I just don't like it. What would you rather? I don't know. Do? I mean, I, I, what? What would you rather? I know. Do? I have no good answers for you. The that's answer. the problem. Well, you could do free just, footwork. That's the, that was the other option they were going before. I think footwork's fine. I think that's maybe a little bit better. I think the better answer is banning Trundle. Um, well, who else do they have to ban? They had to ban Yasuo, Jarvan, and uh, Aurelia. So they're banning Jarvan. Two... I don't. I would ban Trundle over Jarvan if I can. First yeah, pick. The I only... would ban Trundle over Jarvan if you if your plan is to first pick Sedge and get that mm -hmm. shit locked in. Then I a hundred percent would rather get rid of a Trundle than a Jarvan. But here's the problem: Jarvan is good, but he's not the best. They're blue side, which means they can't ban Trundle and not get Sejuani banned on the next ban. That's the problem. That's true. So you end up in this kind of dilemma where you need to leave up more picks for you to pick than just Sejuani so that they mm -hmm. have to pick between banning that or the other one. And looking at uh, was it CLG, the CLG TSM game the next day, it looks like Silas would actually probably be up there as a jungler at least because Silas jungle is yeah. pretty good at the moment. But I'm not too sure what else they could have left up. They did leave up Aatrox. Which I guess they could have probably played off of. I still think that they, people shouldn't be letting Aatrox through, but he didn't really show up this game, probably because of the uh, the Jace counter pick, if you will. Even though Jace isn't exactly a counter pick, he's just good. Yeah, even NA Jace's. So I don't fully remember the happenings of this game. Because I think. Was this a slow game, or did Tia or C9 just control it? Do you remember much? About the, I did. I just rewatched it. Uh, mm. It was. Wow, I don't remember. It felt <laughs> It felt a little slower at the start. It felt pretty even. Uh, there was that very fun time where uh, Zazel sniped oh, a Q. This is that stupid fight around Harold. Yes, there was a stupid fight around Harold that Kumo bought beasted. Uh, but it just felt like TL was. I don't even know. They were not the TL I expect to see. <laughs> I feel like we've actually missed an entire point here. Licorice is not playing for C9 for the rest of this play. Come on, boys. Yeah, well, it's not because Licorice is injured. Yes, but Licorice has been playing through the injury and people are unhappy about that, but... Uh, well, that's because it's bad and dangerous. Yes, it is. But we've entirely <laughs> that's not missed anything. this point. That's not because people wanted... It's just because people are like, hey, don't hurt yourself. Like, <laughs> But... We have entirely missed this point that Kumo from Academy has been promoted to the, the uh, starting top laner for C9 and looked really good on day one. This game. And day two, he looked kind of serviceable. <laughs> yeah, but that 5-1 and 3, buddy. Uh, wasn't it you who told me everybody gets one? Yeah, everybody gets one. <laughs> everybody gets one, baby. And then after that, it's... Mm, who knows? <laughs> so so Kumo actually really came out swinging. And I think... Did he get a solo kill this game? 
I don't remember. I think he did, but I don't remember. All Despite I remember is he was, he was doing really well on Jace and kind of carrying. He was tied for the most kills on the team. So He was. Does he have gold? What was his gold at? Let me see him compared to Vigar. Why don't I have to turn off everyone to look at gold grass? <coughs> I don't know. Him and Vigar were right in line on gold. But yeah. So, Kumo, looks promising. We'll have to see next week if he can keep going or if this is a one-off. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kumo's played is not bad. Kumo was, like, the number one pick of the uh, draft from uh, Scouting Grounds last year. And he and he's not, like, a bad player. Yeah, and it, he's good. I, it I mean, he's, he just has big shoes to fill, right? Because Licorice is, like, the god carry from C9, right? Like, he's the one that when we bench sneaking jensen like licorice was carrying games licorice was looking really good and so he just has like for c9 fans and i just think for more generally fans around the league that he just has some really big shoes to fill which i think he's capable of doing but you know it, it's a thing for anyone to do right like so uh did that make sense yeah <laughs> good we'll just Listen. let's just keep going uh it's been a long day but oh don't close that okay we're still good don't close that I accidentally clicked on something I shouldn't have, but it saves myself. Okay, back to talking about uh, Kumo. So Kumo was apparently going for a lot in the offseason. There was rumors that some of the teams were being really stingy with, with uh, trading around their academy players and asking for a lot for them. And I think Kumo was probably the like truest core of this... Of, uh, of this rumor because I think they were trying to keep Kumo to replace Licorice because they probably knew he was injured even back then and they just What's wanted the injury. It's just normal wrist injuries like they all get. It's the oh, same okay. thing. It's probably something similar to what Greg had. It's probably similar to what Bjergsen was dealing with. No, I just didn't know if it was like a long term, like serious problem. No, no, no. He didn't like get hit by a car or anything. <laughs> but so, so I think Kumo might not be worth as much as C9 were asking for him and he most certainly wasn't but I don't think yeah, he's but you want to keep Kumo right but I, I think they wanted to keep Kumo because of the injury a lot less than because he was the best top laner out of all out of all the other academy top laners that's fair but I also don't think it's bad right like I kind of think it depends historically we've seen C9 play the seven man roster the six man roster with or seven-man roster, even with jungle and mid. But I don't think it's impossible for them to flex at top. Licorice, especially, like, yes, he's injured, but he has been, I assume, because of the injury, been looking a little weaker lately. And if that play continues, and it's not bad to have someone of Kumo's caliber around, because it allows a really, really good flex, uh, I think. But... I don't know. I just think Kumo's. I mm, I don't know. I didn't really read a lot of offseason academy rumors. I mean, th these are mostly from uh, Travis Gafford's interviews with a couple of uh, players who were talking about like moving teams and why they didn't move, and they're like, "Well, nobody wants to sell their academy team." I yeah, I did not <laughs> watch that interview. That's on me. Uh, but I mean, it's it's like two months ago. I'm just listen. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's bad to keep him around. I think he's a good talent. I don't know. We talk a lot about Kumo now, and yeah. I don't. And I don't want to. Yeah. Um, 
You want to talk about Lux support and why it needs to no, go No, I away. meant like Kumo as, as like an academy. I, I meant we were talking a lot more about the mechanics of academy than I wanted to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about the academy. I'd rather keep this about the things that I prepared, which is the sh LCS. So, yeah, so back to looking at these team comps, I'm still looking at Lux, and I'm just wondering how the hell Lux keeps getting in these drafts. And she's just crazy broken, man. She does so much. She gets, like, it's almost impossible to dive Lux bot lane. It's almost impossible to, to, to like, position against her mid-game. She's I, real rough in the early game, dude. I just, just, she covers so many bases, and she just... She does, she's so oh. safe. And she's so, just so much damage. And she went the Aftershock build, which we've talked about in a previous episode of the podcast, as being something that's extremely good. He went really good items. He went, I think he literally rushed uh, Mikhail's because of the crowd control uh, on this side, right, with Sejuani R and Bromstem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stones. super early Mikhail's with a Sivir, very safe, able to get other people out of trouble. That's really good. Like, this was a great game from Zazel. Even though, during the pause, Zazel got flamed by Freak. <laughs> if you remember. I forget what he said. Uh, he said that Z uh, Sneaky's landing had improved, so it's all on, on the oh, Zazel now. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that. And then uh. Kobe was like, typical AD carry, blaming the support. And I was like, true. <laughs> I do that shit every other game. Uh, right. But yeah. Alright, so uh, we haven't gone over our picks from this week yet, so why don't we do that now? Oh yeah, we got a little, got, got little gung-ho. <laughs> Got a little gung-ho sometimes, what? So, uh, we had a 70% uh, correctness rate. Uh, That's pretty good. <laughs> accuracy. Yeah, we did pretty good this week. Uh, we probably would have had uh, 100% had everything sort of not falling apart for TL and TSM. <laughs> and FlyQuest we not having a massive we upswing. We got three wrongs, so that would have been a 90%. I'm a little surprised we both called FlyQuest over Fox last week, not gonna lie. Uh, my thought process was merely that... They're both garbage, they, and they got to pick one of them. <laughs> no, was that they just probably didn't have as much scrim time with Mike Young, which yeah. for me is like, well, if they're not gonna, because it's such a new acquisition, I assume it's like at most a week to two weeks of scrims, and I just think that that even though FlyQuest isn't gelling, I think that that's a little. They've had way more practice together. Uh, yeah, I, I Mike Young did not look good on his showings this weekend. He looked no, uh, which is unfortunate because I want him to do well. Well, you can't always get what you want. Yeah. I'm not even getting what I need, though. <laughs> hey, you just, your team just beat the TL. You get, you get what you need. Yeah, what happened, here, here. what happened to yours, though? What happened to your team, though? I don't want to talk about it. Out of curiosity? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Why not? It's our next topic. <laughs> True, fair enough. So, You're not uh, wrong. There wasn't anything I think we, we, we uh, disagreed on last week. No, uh, I th the only last week seemed like a pretty cut and dry week. Uh, but. Yeah, the only big upset was the TLC nine game, which I bet anyone would have called. Yeah, this game's probably gonna be interesting, and close to watch because they're both tied. For well, first I think place. we even said it was gonna. I, I think we were still at the point where it's like, well, we have to pick TL even though they're dropping games sometimes. But like, we're not idiots, right? Yeah. Like, we're picking TL because they're TL. Right? Yeah, because they've been I think playing both... really good and they've been looking better than C nine has been in the recent weeks. Yeah, but I think we both consistent. thought and even said that it was a game that was gonna kind of go go a little bit 
interestingly. I think we both played picked that as like the most interesting. Match. And now, mind you, we picked these before knowing that Kumo was going to be played. If we had known we Kumo did. was going to be played, we 100% would have said TL without a doubt. Yeah, like, no, like, I have faith in Kumo. I would have been like, NA Academy, time to clap impact. <laughs> Time to absolutely eviscerate. What place did no. C9 Academy finish last split? Literally no idea. It was second. <laughs> I literally don't know. They, they got beat by uh, TSM, I think. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Damn. TSM Academy has finished first more recently than TSM has finished first. Feels bad. I mean, okay, if you want That's to put, true, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I think it's it true very C9. much is, yeah. So, uh, the other thing we should note here is that 100 Thieves uh, went 1-1 one one this weekend instead of continuing their massive uptick. They did play Team Liquid, it's true. which is one of the we top three teams. But We should also mention that FlyQuest had a 2-0 week. However... So did CLG. Uh, yeah, but FlyQuest is more impressive because of the recent lackluster performance. However, I think we both agreed uh, sort of off the channel that like they had kind of an easy week, FlyQuest. Yeah. Uh, and so... It yeah. seemed like that, like they weren't playing. Uh, well, I'm excited to watch FlyQuest next week to see if this uptick continues for them, and I hope it does. Shout out Wild Turtle. However, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went. I don't even actually who are they playing next week. I do believe that it... FlyQuest is playing. I don't rem GGS. remember picking them for any games. So until <laughs> so yeah no, I don't think they have that one. We'll get to our predictions later, but... Yes, we will, but, I, you know, I was just like... We got... Hang on. We got another Is match... Is still here? He's a FlyQuest fan. Are you going to chat, Heymon? Uh, we got another match to talk about. We got... My Nightmare. And my sadness at the end of the 1,177-day streak of TSM winning over CLG has come to an end. Yeah, R.I.P. the streak. I don't. I'm not that sad to see it go. It, uh, it was because... just a nice record I liked holding on to because it was the last time CLG had won anything too. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a good meme. However, I mean they actually looked really good. They looked really good, and I think it had a lot to do with uh, Silas Jungle and Yumi support. I think Balfrost is great on Yumi. And I He's think, insanely good. I think Silas being able to steal uh, Jarvan ult and Kennen ult and Cassio ult, that's a lot of ults. It is. I Yeah, it really is. And I think that there was a little bit of, I don't know, TSM looked a little off for me too. It wasn't just... Oh my god, watching Acadian run up to try to kill him after he beats Bjergsen topside, I'm just like, why? Why would you... You had ult. You didn't kill him. And you just stood there and took Oh, the yeah, beating. we talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. That was crazy. I was like, oh, my God. Wiggly slaps Bjergsen 1v1, and then he comes in with R and does nothing. It's like... He's, that was he, crazy. He starts, his, he starts his fight, and then it's like, so you didn't hit him, and you didn't deal any damage, and your tank. How do you plan to finish this? If you didn't ult to start it. Dude, absolutely buck wild. And he's got another W coming up that gives him triple healing or whatever the hell the thing does. It's stupid. The healing's stupid. Oh, hang on. How many EXEs did they have this game? I don't. Not enough. Not enough. Not not a one. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I think the only Kenan time had, I saw... Kenan had a Merlin Amicon. I think the only time I saw TSM like really look like the TSM I know and kind of I'm okay with 
um, was when they snuck that Infernal Drake when uh, CLG wasn't prepared. That to me was like this TSM I know, capitalizing on mistakes, capitalizing on not being prepared, capitalizing on your enemy. However, the rest of the game looked like not very good. And I want to chalk up a lot of that to the bot lane, to be honest. I hate TSM's comp with a burning passion. I don't it's know. Bad. I don't know how you think you're gonna be dealing damage to champions with this comp, but your entire engage is hopefully a Gragas flash knockout more than two people, and then Yasuo combo on top of it. Like that's not a good reliable engage, and it sacrifices Gragas if it goes wrong, and Yasuo even if it goes right. Like this is why Yas. Look, look yes, Yasuo bot into Yumi's Yumi bot lane might work, but but it's Yasuo bot. Why are you doing this? This, it, I don't care who you think you are if you're G2. It's not good. It is not that good. It doesn't have a lot of lane pressure. It doesn't have a lot of uh, kill potential. Like, wh wh what is he going to do? And then he he builds Static Shiv into GA because he's behind. What are you going to do? The whole lane went 2-8. What? And then Sven's playing Yasuo like a boosted monkey the whole time too. Like, what? 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 What do you mean by a boosted monkey? Did Can you I get watch some... him in those dives, bot lane? In both yeah, those I was dives, just trying to make you like tell me about it. I was just trying to make you tell me about it. Oh my god. I want to keep going in on TSM once a week, but god, it just gets so tiresome. Like, I don't know. Zix came out on uh, Twitter and he's like, we tried something aggressive uh, and it didn't work. I'm not, uh, he's not unhappy or whatever about it. And then I'm just sitting here like, but... But I could have told you this wasn't going to work, and I was going to be right. Because I wouldn't have picked Yasuo Gragas bot lane, because you're just so, you're just sitting there until you hit 6. You're useless until you And hit then when you hit 6, I mean, they're into such a safe lane with the Yumi. Yumi can just pop out! You can only hit one person! Yeah, and it just was... I don't know. I don't like those kill lanes in the Yumi. I think she's got a lot of safety. I think she's really difficult to kill. Not just her, but it makes it really difficult if you to go, kill her ADC. If you go like Lucian Thresh into it, you could kill it all day. You could kill it on repeat. The reason they pick Sivir with it is so you can spell shield and dodge a little bit of the CC. But like... I don't, I don't know. CLG have so much... Have so much more damage and scrappiness and like just utility than uh c9 or c9 than tsm do and yeah. it's and it's just like you just pick champions that silas now gets told i'm like i don't want to say this entire game is because of the silas jungle but he was crazy no it's good definitely not it. just that but that definitely didn't help them it did it right like could steal all this is ultimates. what we that's what we were talking about during the um when we talked about the silas nerfs is that we agreed that silas was out unless the enemy team is has incredible ultimates. If you have those two, like three, I think the line's three. I don't think two warrants it early, but like three solid alts or more, then Silas is a great pick because you're basically always getting an incredible ultimate. And so leaving Silas up when you're going to be picking those champions might be a little dangerous uh, or just not, I don't know, but like. And they're buffing him next patch too. They are. Mind Shout you, out Silas. Mind you, they're still on uh, 9-12 this week instead of uh, 9-13, which they're starting next week, and I hope they're only on for one week. I don't know. Uh, to, I'm going to be honest. I would rather them stay on 9-12 one more week and then just jump to 14. But Why? I don't. Just because it'll keep the meta more stable than having them play 9-13 for one week. 
or I mean whatever or are they gonna back two weeks on patches now which I wouldn't like because I don't like them being back an entire patch that just sounds awful yeah I agree however yeah I actually didn't even think about that but TSM banned Skarner in that's a good band though it is but that's because they didn't know wait I don't understand they picked all their solo lands and their jungle they pick. Hang on. They pick Corky. Okay, they pick Aatrox first for CLG. Then TSM picked uh, Kennen and J4. Even though Sejuani's up. No, she's not up. Never mind. Okay, I guess you want J4. And then they pick Silas and Corky. Meaning that Aatrox has to go top jungle or mid. Uh, Silas has to go top jungle or mid. And Corky can only go mid or bot, meaning Aatrox and Silas are both locked in for top or jungle at this point. Yeah. So why the hell are we are TSM banning Skarner? And I have a better question. Why aren't you holding your jungle pick when they first picked Aatrox to something else? And picking sure. maybe your support. I don't know. I guess you could pick a jungler there. It's not because... It's not the worst. Unless they're really afraid of giving over J4, which I wouldn't be afraid of giving over when you can grab Skarner. Yeah, I don't know. I, it was it was weird. Uh, yeah, that Skarner ban makes no sense. I don't. Know I just mean there. like the whole pick ban comp thing, but I, I I think it's really I think that those sort of crazy aggro comps are like only playable by like three teams. It's not even. Like you have to you have to be very good at that to do that, and TSM is good but when i think tsm i think control objective control late game right i don't think just like hyper aggro like i think of g2 it's just not the same i also i also don't think gragas support is good at all like gragas needs to be why wouldn't they pick alistar or ap power i don't fucking know like that's what i'm confused by like if you're gonna pick a support for a knockups to facilitate yasuo why wouldn't you pick Alistar, who can well, knock up five people? Like, you know what the best part about Alistar is? Is he counters Sivir. Because you can't spell shield the knockup. He he's guaranteed to hit it, because he has the W to you and then knock you up. Yeah, you're right. And then, the cat might pop out. Because Alistar might have just flied at him. I don't know, maybe. That's a bit, I don't think the Biofrost is that bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's that bad, but who knows. Also, also he'll have better uh, a better ability to probably stop the... Uh, the jump, like if you E to somebody, it's the E? The headbutt's the E? I don't remember. If you headbutt's the W. Headbutt's the W. If you headbutt somebody and then uh, she comes flying, you can probably hit her just as she's about to enter and maybe stomp her out. Yeah. And that would be pretty good to get that in the Yasuo. But either way, I would have much rather to see Yasuo go mid against the champion he counters and then Zig, or Zig's in um, Corky, rather than put Cassio into it and just make it a farm lane. I don't know. I, I have major qualms with this draft pick, no matter what Zix says about it being aggro yeah. and he's not sorry about it. I don't... I don't. It... But I just think that TSM isn't the team for the hyper-aggro comp. And I think that they should know that. <laughs> like, I, I don't think Gragas jungle uh, Yasuo mid's a bad comp. I just don't think... Ya that Gragas wasn't the comp. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, let me finish. <laughs> I just don't think Yasuo Gragas bot is a good bot lane and they got punished for it because they tried to play around it and they look uncomfortable. They look like 
they are not they don't have any idea why this comp works and then you have Sven just inting to towers two times and it's just like there's a perfect storm of why you don't pick new shit like this on stage is it's not gonna work because you don't know what you're doing yeah I still I just in general I don't think that this bot lane works either I, I just think it was a bad draft like a very bad draft and I think that that translated, like you're saying, into the gameplay. But who's spanning is here when they have four solo laners, three solo laners picked? Why? I really don't know the answer to that question. <sighs> that, those round two bands are really starting to bother me now. The more I look at them. Wait, who that is here is a weird one. Oh. Yeah, I actually don't know that. Okay, I'm not talking about this. We'll move on. Sure. Okay. Something a lot more interesting that sort of actually stems off of the previous topic. So in the wake of Rift Rivals, NA began to do some innovative team comps. Is this good or bad for the league? And when I say innovative team comps, I'm more talking about them changing team, changing players around, picking non-conventional lanes and whatnot, and yeah. a little bit of kind of funneling, which is technically what TSM tried to do and totally failed on. Ugh. So yeah, what, what what do you think? Is this a, is this a good thing, or are we just wasting our time trying to find somebody else's identity? I think it depends upon what you mean by innovative. I think if you mean drastically changing the identity of a team, I think that that's pretty bad. I think that that's something that takes a long time to do. Um, right? Like, unless like I think there are very few teams that can really play like a huge variety of radically different styles really, really well. Uh, maybe a couple or a few, but I think if you want to be the team that plays hyper aggro, you, A, first of all, have to play have hyper aggro players, and then you also have to have a lot of practice on it. So if you're just busting shit out on stage, I don't like that if you don't have the requisite amount of time. In. But if you just mean something like slightly off meta picks or like, kind of niche things like at this point i think yumi's pretty niche because only like two people play him her in the lcs but i don't think that's bad right you know it's like if captain flowers was ever in the lcs and he picked skarner even if skarner was off meta i'd be like yeah he's a skarner one trick right like if someone if broken blade picks riven i'm like yeah okay <laughs> right and that to me is fine and that is a little off meta that is a little weirder but the radically changing of a team identity overnight seems real dangerous to me uh, because it's almost certainly just going to, especially against like not bad teams. Like CLG isn't that bad right now. Like if they were doing this against a hundred thieves or clutch or like a bottom team, a team that I don't think is very good. Maybe that makes sense. So but they're like, tied for first, mind you. Like, they're, yeah, this they're just doesn't seem the time hard. to be like really, really gambling on your wins or that's something i want to see early on in the split right because if it's early in the split and you lose a bunch then you can recover right but if you are waiting until later in the split and you're already in a position and these things like kind of like really matter then like you probably shouldn't be doing this so but so for context uh, one of the team comps that was played this weekend was from Clutch Gaming. They played uh, Cassio Top, uh, J4 Jungle, Zed Mid, Syndra Botlane, and Nautilus Support. Nautilus Support's an entire different conversation that we can have at another time. <laughs> I think it's fine. 
But the real problem is that they Nautilus could... would have been Nautilus would have been real good with Yasuo because the Q knocks up and the ult does. The real th the real question is, is <laughs> Sorry. why the hell is Cody Sun playing Zed mid? Why? Who who? Cody Sun played Zed mid for Clutch Gaming yeah. this weekend. Why would you do that? Syndra's not hard. And at the month they can't play Zed, I don't know why he's on the LCS stage. So I'm confident the month they can play Zed. Pretty calm, not gonna lie. So why is it that we got two champion two players lane swapping like this, and then Cody Sun's carrying them? He's doing the best on the team on Zed in a lane he doesn't play. What is going on? And then Zed, the hardest counter pick in the game to Twisted Fate. Twisted Fate finishes the game. Oh not oh five nine okay. Five oh nine. Five kills, zero deaths, nine assists. How does that happen? Like, what? This is why, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, really innovative team comps and doing, trying to be, like, G2, where you just throw caution to the wind and just like, hey, who wants to play what where? It's like, y'all play Zed mid. You're the AD carry. Y'all do it. Why are you doing and this? And again, that's something, if you want that to be a thing, it requires, I feel like, a lot of practice. You need to be probably the two best players in an entire region to pull that off. There's a reason why Caps has. and Perks joined one team to be able to do this shit. Because they're two of the best players in the fucking world. They are the two best players in that league. Without a I doubt. I said in, they're two of the best in the world, but yes. So yeah. I don't think it's good to just... Like, people do, did this all the time back when Korea had the vision strategy. And no one really was like, oh yeah, they're just copying Korea and doing it worse. Like, okay. Nobody really thought it was a bad thing to try to learn how to do the Korean version. They just thought that Korea was going to be better at it because Korea was sort of ahead of everybody and they knew what it was and more of the ins and outs and everyone was learning secondhand. So they were taking, they had like that delay to learn to learning it. But now people are deciding, oh, G2 is the best in the world. We should follow and copy what G2 is doing. Or like, because I, I don't think G2 is the only one doing this. A couple of other teams have been doing these crazy swaps. But, but you have to be so good. You have to be really good, and maybe your identity isn't just do crazy swaps to throw off the enemy team. That's yeah, half like of that's what makes G2 GT good. Is, is that they can really make it unpredictable. But it's a completely viable strategy to just be really good at the macro game, or really good at like securing, or like really specific things that aren't like kind of memes where you're like, LOL, where am I going this game, right? Like, there are ways to play the game well. Uh, and enticingly, that are not the same way someone else is playing it. Like, there might be times where a, a team that's really good at split push control or maybe uh, is, isn't, like, split push just isn't powerful enough and you can't mm -hmm. make people do enough around the map to make it viable and you have to resort to other strategies. But team fight comps have never been bad. You've always been able to really pull them off, especially if you're willing to hard commit to kind of uh, risky situations, like against a split push comp or a one through one comp. Comps if you're are always just good. punch through the base and just hope they're you always get it. good or fine. Yeah, like th there's a reason you don't really see poke siege comps as much anymore. You kind of saw them a little bit back when Ezreal was crazy broken and Zoe was crazy broken because Zoe and Ezreal were crazy broken. <laughs> But yeah, but now now it's hard to really get them to come out. People think that's kind of coming around with uh, Caitlyn. The Caitlyn buffs haven't hit uh, LCS Caitlyn, yet. Caitlyn, and I think with Lux too for the yeah, Lux. the Karma buffs. I think a Caitlyn, a Caitlyn uh, Lux bot lane. Ugh. Caitlyn Lux or Caitlyn Karma can be very powerful for its poke and siege. But outside of that, you're right. There's not a lot of power in that comp right now. 
like like this it used to be Nidalee mid or Nidalee jungle would make these comps really powerful and that mm -hmm. that like at the same time caitlin was really strong so your siege and your poke and it was it was insane siege comps were taking over the game to a point that enchanter supports were even strong too and then it went into freaking ardent meta oi oi i don't miss ardent meta <laughs> Because you're a coward who doesn't like getting challenger or hitting one button on Janna. So, I just think teams trying things and sh throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks isn't going to do well. I think looking at your players, saying, what do my players do well? And then focusing on those aspects and those characteristics to form your strategies around is going to be better than lane swapping players or seemingly randomly and playing trying to play counter picks and then failing miserably to play the counter pick yet still apparently being the best player on the team i don't i just i want teams to take take your game and play your game do not just try random shit and see what works you can't literally just try something random and see if you're good at it that's not gonna no not out. on stage that's what scrims are for this is the part where someone says, well, it has good scrim results. Okay, sure, but how long? Is it good scrim results for, like, a week? Because then, like, or good scrim results, like, consistently for a long period of time? I'm just... I don't know. I think TF's a little broken, too, to be honest. Twisted Fate? Yeah. He's a little strong because he's got two belt pads. He's pants. not bad. Because he can go he AD and bad. AP right now. But, yeah. I agree. Okay. Uh, I think that's good for that topic. What do we got next on the docket? In the, who is your MVP right now? I almost read the last topic. Who is your MVP right now? Here's the thing, Anthony. I read this document as I do every week. And I've thought about this long and hard. So 20 I minutes. Nothing. I No, like you have nothing? Well, when did, I have no idea. I, mean, I think I put this in at like 2 a.m. last night. Well, I re I checked it as soon as I woke up because I knew we were doing this today. But so, whenever I think about MVP, I don't have. No I meant I have nothing. Not in like a I didn't prepare way. I meant in like a I don't know how the I just don't know way. You know. So whenever I think about MVP, I always come to this thought of, well, I'm thinking of the most valuable Umo. player, <laughs> and oh yeah, actually, yeah, he's gonna go right into my example, but the most valuable <laughs> player. Um, and I'm a god with the predicts. <laughs> And when I think of who the most valuable player is, I would think, who is the player who is going to be picked first if every team had to drop their whole roster? It's not Kumo. That's, it's not Kumo. But Kumo was the first draft pick of the uh, scouting grounds last year. Because yeah. he was apparently the most valuable player from scouting grounds. So, Matt, if you had... Every player available. Every team's dropped, and we're in a uh, we're in a draft pick situation. You got first pick. Who are you picking? Because that's who my that's so MVP hard. is. Is it? That's so hard. Is it? Is it that hard? I think that because I think there's more than one legitimate answers. Well, I think there are two possible. I think there are like answers. five. I I think the only two legitimate first pick players in the LCS. Like, because they are so far and away better than everyone else, are Bjergsen and Dublin. I think those are the only two who should no, be fighting see, for the first No, see, I was going to throw Core JJ in there. He takes up an import spot. That doesn't matter. It does, though. <laughs> that wasn't... I mean, not for MVP voting. <laughs> hey. 
listen, he can like that. My top, well, I had Bjergsen, I had double lift, I had what's it called? I had Core JJ, I had who else did I have? Did you have Jensen and Sven? I think I had Jensen, I didn't have Sven and a Smithy. It may be Smithy. I was thinking like Smithy, uh, or someone like Zazel or Sneaky. Just because they're consistent, but they're probably not starting. No, you're right. I don't know. I think it's probably Bjerg or Double Lift, but it's probably Double Lift. But I would pick Bjerg just because you're a I... TSM fan. It's not only that, but I think Bjerg has been no, like the best player in the league forever. Like he's proven yeah. to be able to be the best mid laner. He's been the best teammate. But it's to not MVP is not a career with him, the best player. I'm not saying it isn't. It is, but I'm just saying. Also, has he won recently? Uh, okay. The last time he won, I'm just curious because I know something. Uh, I know this happens uh, oh, a lot in MVP? basketball. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This happens a lot in basketball. Did he win in where, like... summer 2017? Or did Doublelift win then? I am. Um... I know he's got like four MVPs. He's got a, he's got in, the most in the league. In basketball, this happens a lot where there'll usually be like three players who are way better than everyone else in the game, and they'll just they will have a lot of MVPs. But what happens is when it comes to MVP voting, it's like oh, this person has won like the most ever, or the most out of an active player, or whatever, or like the most in a row recently. And there's like voter fatigue, <laughs> and like there were I'm so serious, like there were a lot of MVPs that Michael Jordan didn't win because he had already won so many. And they're like, we're just bored of voting for Michael Jordan. Right? Like, I don't think so, that's happened in the LCS. Not yet, but it's just something that's possible, you know? If Doublelift wins again, I don't think he wins a third time, like, no matter how good he is. Oh, I th no, Core JJ won the previous one. I don't think Core JJ wins Core JJ earned that one, though. He earned that one, yes. But I don't think he wins his next one. No. He, he um, I really don't know. Without Tom Kench. <laughs> yeah, but also that's because he's like one of the best Tom Kenches in the world. So, so I I was trying to also think like, who else do I think are candidates for MVP like overall? And the conversation seems to be stemming around Bjergsen, Doublelift, Sven Skarin, and I don't think Sven. I forget who the last one was. I want to say it was Impact. But I, to be honest, Impact hasn't been, like... He's not been hard. showing up in a way that not, makes me yeah, happy. Yeah, he hasn't been, like, it, impressing me as a, as a person and just be like, God damn, he really just hard-carried them across the line. Though that's kind of hard to prove when you're on a... Uh, yeah, on but for me, teams. part of it is just that, like, TL is... This split seem very much more team-oriented than they have in the past. And so when I see a lot of the former, like, All-Stars, obviously they're still All-Stars, right? Like, Everyone on that team is crazy. But, like, I, I think a lot less of them as individuals, right? Like, it's not just, like, the double lift show or the impact show. It feels a lot more team-oriented in a way that I appreciate as a viewer. But um, maybe it's Bjergsen, but I don't know. Like, this is a really hard conversation every time. And to be yeah, honest, he's one of the best that, in the fucking But that alone region. just makes it seem like such a safe vote every time to just say like, yeah, Bjergsen should just get the best until somebody can actually prove that they're better than him. But that's not how MVPs work, right? Because like Bjergsen might be the best player in NA like history, maybe, like arguably, him or double if probably. But like if he could just like on a split to split level, that's what you have to consider, right? And like I think he's probably the best mid right now. However, I don't think that that means he's automatically the MVP candidate. 
it just doesn't work that way for me, right? Like, because then it's just like, well, whoever gets MVP is just the best historical player. And then, you know, it doesn't really matter what anyone else does. And then that, that seems to me seems kind of uninteresting. Well, I don't mean the best historical player. I mean, like, here's how good Bjergsen is. And until somebody can beat how good Bjergsen is. Yeah, but that's is, not I how they like... do MVP voting. It's like, it's not a, a scale of a, on a scale of just one guy, right? It's like, how did they play for their team? Because it's the most valuable player for your team, not who is the best individual. So, like, even if Bjergsen is really good individually, he might not be helping his team as much as someone else is, right? Like, as much as Core JJ was, or as much as Doublelift has, right? Like, I just think it's not this. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, another thing people have been talking about recently is adding a, like, most improved player award instead of having a uh, rookie of this Bang. Book. Flame. <laughs> uh, is that Flame? Uh, a little bit. Flame kind of left, though. And then you know that's not what I meant. Retire. I know it's not what you remember. Yeah, a little bit. He's a coach. <laughs> Bang's their coach? No. Oh, fl- oh Flame's flame. a coach, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so... Because there's been so few candidates for Rookie of the Split because there's so many, like, veterans cycling in and out now because there's so many people that Yeah, and also, like, yeah, and then even when you pick someone new up, now you usually just send them right to Academy to, like, learn. Right? Like, so seems I, to be how it goes. So, so would you be in favor of swapping out the Rookie of the Split for the most improved player of the split? I don't know. I don't see why you can't have both. Well, the, the reason that they want to kind of swap them out is because of how, like, un... I don't want to say uneventful, but because of how uncompetitive Rookie of the Split tends to be. Like, who got it last split? Was it... I literally don't. I don't know anyone who's ever gotten it. Uh, Liquish got it, I think. Well, here, that one last split. Spring Award winners. Rookie of the Split was Viper. The format of this competitive sport is a little is is so different than a lot of other competitive sports that i feel like it's hard to have a lot of the same uh sort of awards right Mm -hmm. like rookie of the year is a good award in basketball because every year they have a draft class and then the a lot of the rookies actually play right um because I think that there's probably just like a bigger pool of people. First of all, there are a lot of people retiring in basketball sometimes. Well, yeah, and then there's they've, they've gotten to a point where they have an in and out that's kind of steady at this point with basketball. They have a huge amount. Yeah, there's a lot more people to pull from too, right? There are a lot more people probably who could play basketball than who could play esports just because basketball is more popular. I mean, maybe not more, there, but like... There are more people who are going out to play basketball than there are going out to play esports. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get at is, yeah. right? Like, there's... The, the reason I think there's the rookie problem is that there are a lot of... It's a... I don't... There's just not as many people trying to do it. Well, it's, it's not only just that. It's that, the, especially because of our format, our best-of-one five-man team caught for just the one-match format... Yeah, and there aren't so a lot of games. Can't right? like, keep swapping out players. I can't run a ten-man right, roster easily. If I, if Whereas we basketball is an eighty-two-game regular season with, like, with uh, four quarters, where you can swap people out the whole time. Yeah, at any point in the game, but that doesn't happen. How yeah. many? How many uh, men are on a on a basketball team? NBA team. Yeah, it's like oh, eleven. I know that. Oh, I should know that. I think it's eleven. Because I'm pretty. Because for like some, a maximum of 15, 13 of, of which 15. can be active each game. Okay. So you're gonna have a max roster each each game, 
of 13. Of 13 uh, possible players. And they all they all get time no matter what. Whereas no. in... Uh, no? 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 They don't swap out for all of them? Like, even for a minute? No. Mm. Not always. <laughs> Hockey's uh, or if you, <laughs> uh I mean, you can. It depends. That There's the thing called... You know, you know garbage time. But, like... Uh, like, there are certain coaches who are, like, sort of no- notorious for playing their starters for basically the whole game. <laughs> like... In a very bad way, I, like it happens. I it, it you typically do trade out a lot, but there are players who have gone like whole NBA games, postseason games, regular season games, which is not getting any time because the really good players need to be on the floor, <laughs> like you know. But that uh, typically doesn't happen. Uh, so it, I think our format is the number one issue for why we can't see a lot more rookie talent, less so than the players coming in and out and the availability of any talent or whatever. Well, it's also just a very limited size. Like, think about it like this, right? Like, every NBA team also has a G League team, which is fully manned, right? And we have Academy, but we but- use Academy a little bit differently than G League, right? So, like... Yeah, G League players can get called up to the majors, right? But that's still like thirty plus people you have to choose from instead of ten. Well, right? Like if we had, if you had bigger rosters, I think it would be easier. But it would also be more difficult because you need a lot more team synergy. I mean, in general, we're this is a new sport; it's growing, and we're kind of building out our infrastructure beneath our teams and whatnot. TSM actually has a third string team that works out of uh, somewhere in Texas, I guess Austin. Um, and they, they're, they compete in other things. It's like their youth team and under the, for under 17 players who can't be in the LCS yet. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not a third string team. That's a youth team. Oh, they use it as like a third, a third string team. Moment, I mean like a fully prepped LCS roster ready to fucking go. Right. Like uh, players, like legitimate players that are like, okay, I'm ready. Right. Like I'm not, bring sh- me in if you need to. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a 10 man roster there and they just allow youth players to go on it to learn. And oh, it well, is. I'm, I'm, I'm not very educated on it. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's, I think it is, like you it. said, though, a lot of it is the BO1s. The splits are pretty short, to be honest. Um, I think having having it so that the uh, rookie of the split award goes out every split is another problem. Oh, yeah. It should probably be rookie of the year. The only problem really? is that the rookie doesn't come back after spring. Well, then they just can't get rookie of the year. What if, they, what if they did, like, I know this is such a, like, there's no fucking way this happens, but they did amazing in spring and then just quit, like. But then they wouldn't get it, because, yeah I mean, or, or they could get it, right? Like, you and, know, Unless I don't they know. extended it to, like, Academy as well, so that Academy would count for Rookie of the Year. But, like, people don't like calling people an Academy Rookie at the same, because... Bring back best of threes and solve this problem, right? Please, love God. I agree. Best of threes were really good. It uh, showcased a lot more talent, and I think it made the game more interesting because you were able to pro- try more roster matches and more and more team comps. I wouldn't have been mad about Yasuo Ragnus bot lane if we had two more games to win. Just saying. Yeah, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, all right, you tried some shit. Win the next two, please. Don't let me down. Yeah, but for BO1s, I think it also, I think it does stifle the ability to, like, really experiment, because yes. it's like, oh, well, we need to win this, right? Like, Well, a lot of, so, people talk about this all the time, uh, whether or not we should have best of threes or best of ones, but a lot of people sort of go to this, well, do you think the best teams win playoffs? Do you think the best, like, the top two teams make it to the final every time? 
Almost certainly. Yeah, the, the answer is almost always yes. Do you think the top four teams are always the top four teams? Almost always yes. The only time... Yeah, that... and that's not like that in every sport. And so to have it like that in the LCS as I think a boon, right? Like, I think that's good for us in a lot of ways. But I don't know. It just seems sketchy to me that, like... I don't Not sketchy, but I, I think there should be BO3s. And I think that that only helps good and bad teams i don't think it really hurts anyone i i just uh, i like best of threes i like being able to see pick band grow throughout the series and players get swapped in and out and best of ones you don't have that i get that the scheduling was the issue and they don't want to do that across the week scheduling like other sports do like kind of how uh, uh korea and china do it but i understand that i just want to get to the a- point where i can watch best of threes again because those are more entertaining those were a lot more entertaining. I understand that on like a, a level of like, well, they need to, they're a business, right? Like they need to make money, but like, I don't know. It seems rough out on every other level than like financial. It seems just better to do BO3. I think the I only, look. the only times where the best teams didn't pan out correctly was when C9 finished seventh and hit the gauntlet and got to worlds off of that. When CLG got pushed into Worlds by uh, TSM losing to C9 in finals, and when 100 Thieves got pushed into Worlds when C9 lost to TL in finals. I think those are the only three real instances of the top teams not actually like panning out exactly right at that moment. Though, in the, the C9 case, C9 had the biggest improvement in the shortest amount of time I think I've ever seen. Even That better. was crazy back then. Yeah, even that was better, such a hyphy time for me. Better than their 10th to Worlds uh, quarterfinals finish. LOL. Oh, wait, that was semifinals, wasn't it? Yeah, that was semifinals. So, I, I'm, just, so I'm just really salty that TSM keeps getting shafted by, by uh, third places for Worlds. Fair. Yeah, uh, that tangented super hard. We really went off on that one. Okay, so uh, let's get into our week six picks. Is up on screen for you? All right. Is it? It seems like the only matches that we disagree on are CL- C9 versus TSM and 100 Thieves versus Fox. Ooh, spicy. So I have a question for you. Why do you think... Fox is going to beat 100 Thieves. Because uh, I forgot they switched out Mike Young when I made the pick. <laughs> or they switched for Mike Young when I made the pick. Are you telling me this is a lie? This is not a lie. Can I no, lie it's the truth. I have never lied. I'm a good... Well, <laughs> I'm a person. <laughs> but so, 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 uh, so you really just made the wrong pick here? Really? I think I did, uh, but I'll fight for it. I'm not 100% in 100 Thieves' ability to keep their momentum up. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what the fuck is wrong with 100 Thieves, but I am pretty confident in Fox's ability to just even marginally stabilize, <laughs> especially against a lower two team uh, like 100 Thieves. I think that they have a legitimate shot of, of taking it. Um... And I just want to see Mike Young succeed. He seems like a cool guy. I mean, it would be nice to see Mike Young succeed, especially after that really bad performance he had on TSM last year, but I don't uh, I don't see it panning out for most of these teams. I don't think either of these two teams are going to make it to playoffs. 
Like, I don't either. That wasn't the question, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. But I think Honathies are probably going to win just because they've looked better. They look like they finally like got their head out their ass, and they kind of are looking yeah. forward. Yeah, to be honest, I did really just make the wrong pick, but now I'm just trying to defend it. <laughs> so I'm just... I, I'm mostly hoping that Honathies can stay on level. If not, it's going to be like that Simpsons mean where everyone's watching the two monkeys fight on the cruise ship. <laughs> LOL. So... We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not all that confident in this pick, and I would just I, it could just go the other way. So, on to yeah. our other disagreement and our featured match preview of the week: the TSM versus Cloud Nine. Mm, the saltiest of runbacks every time, no matter what. You can't beat them. We're gonna have the reverse rock paper scissors, as my shirt indicates. <laughs> Do you have a rock paper scissors? It's a rock shirt? paper scissors lizard Spock. Oh, you fucking nerd. So. What is that from? Uh, Big Bang Theory. Fucking nerd. So, I think TSM have been looking pretty sturdy when they don't play crazy shit. And if they play normal shit, they're probably going to win. What do you think? Mr. Uh, I don't trust them to not pick crazy shit. Uh, I think C9 looks solid. I think TSM has looked a little confused identity-wise recently. Uh, and also, I just cannot pick C9. Contractually obligated. <laughs> so, uh, until last week, Niski had actually really not been impressing me. Like, I had felt like Niski was just dragging yeah, the that team Ligar, down. Though? Yeah, that Ligar, though? Yeah. thick, bro. <laughs> he did really good on in those two games last week, but I I don't know. I still think Bjergsen's going to keep clapping him like he did the last time they met. And I'm... I, I don't know if Kumo is going to be able to match up to Broken Blade. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Kumo is another Riven one trick, by the way. All I'm saying is he matched up to Impact, so I'm pretty sure he can match up to fucking yeah. Broken Blade. But, uh, it's not like Kumo's bad. Like He's actually pretty good. I don't think he's bad, but I also don't think I have enough data to make a final ruling on him. Fair enough. I just... I want TSM to just pick a more, like, TSM team comp. Uh, like... Everyone's going to be like, well, TSM just play for late game and try to outskill their, their enemy team. It's like, yeah, but that's a legitimate strategy. You can 100%. Yeah, that's a really good way to win League of Legends. <laughs> you can really you can really just be like, okay, we're going to pick uh, a mid-game jungler to control the objectives, uh, um, a mid-to-late game AD carry, a mid-to-late game ju- uh, mid laner, maybe an early mid-game or mid laner, and then a late, a late game split pushing top laner, just because of course you are. Uh, and then you just play around the whole thing. And then your yeah. support can be almost whatever. Something to complement the uh, jungler or the AD carry. So, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of really, really strong support picks right now. So I want TSM to go for maybe that kind of comp. That may not be exactly what TSM's, uh, TSM's actual best strategy is at the moment. I'm not watching their scrims. I don't know what their best strategy is at the moment. Either way, I want them to find a strategy and start diversifying their ability to play that strategy. Instead of playing Yasuo Gragas bot lane because apparently that's good. It's not. It's not. It's barely works mid lane and C9 is like one of the two teams that plays it, I think. And honestly, yeah, but that's because we're both very good at. We're good at Gragas. Yeah, but Gragas support is so bad. I yes. Freaking, I hate Gragas support so Oh, much. I'm not saying you're wrong on that, my man. Do not ever get that twisted. I was not a big fan of Gragas support when it was a little more meta back. When I'm not a fan of it now, I think there are much better choices to fill that role. If you need him to go AP, there are better AP supports. 
If you need him to go tank, there are better tank supports. If you need him for knockups, there are better knockups. Like, it's I, not. They just like the reliable flash engage instead of the Alistar one, which is apparently harder. Flash Q, baby. Q flash, you can buffer it. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. I think TSM's going to take us on home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take us on home. I'll take us on home. So that'll be it for uh, week five on the Legendary League of Legends podcast. Podcast. Thank you. You can catch us every Monday, maybe, (laughs) at 7 p.m. Eastern. Every Monday. 7 p.m. Eastern. On Nizzy 2K11. God damn it. Lots on my YouTube. That's it. What was it? God damn it.